Mike, I know you don't think we landed on the moon, but do you ever wonder what happens to spacecraft when they can't orbit the Earth anymore? How do you orbit a flat planet? Come on. I hate that you're doing this to me. <laughs> I don't know why you keep doing this to me. Well, you write the intro sometimes. Not really. I, I only ever adjust what you've put in, you know? Mm-hmm. I could just change the letters around and make you say that the Earth is flat. Yeah, but there's like a cadence, you know? Anyways, yeah, let's sure. let's get into this. Today, we're talking about a region in the Southern Pacific Ocean, east of New Zealand, known as the South Pacific Oceanic Uninhabited Area, or colloquially known as the Spacecraft Cemetery. It's a good thing they didn't try to make South Pacific Oceanic Uninhabited Area an acronym. It'd be like, Spoa. 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 This is an area of the Pacific Ocean that's about as far away as you can get from land and still be on Earth. The nearest islands are over 1,600 miles away, and as a result, there's very little shipping traffic in the area. Fun trivia time. Yes. Did you know that the place in the ocean farthest from land is called the Oceanic Pole of Inaccessibility? What a name. Which is just a great name. It sounds like some kind of like item in a video game. <laughs> you must reach the pole of inaccessibility. The ocean, or, or it's given to you. You now own the oceanic pole of inaccessibility. It's like gives you some kind of statistic buff. Uh, this area is also called Point Nemo. Nemo being Latin for no one, which when I heard this really means that the movie is called Finding No One, which is a much darker sounding movie than Finding Nemo. Oh, man. Right? Now I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, why did they call him? I guess there are other Nemo's used in in other like oceanic things, right? But he was also kind of like picked on by people. Uh-huh. Oh man, I'm so no sad one. now. Finding no one, finding no one of any importance. <laughs> Help me find my son. <laughs> There's not much aquatic life there. No little lost fish swimming around, as the water doesn't contain much in the way of nutrients that are usually fed into the ocean by coastal waters. Sounds peaceful. More than a little terrifying. It's the ultimate version of social distancing. It's, there's not really any social to it. <laughs> just, <laughs> straight up distancing. It's just, just distancing. <laughs> so this is the place. It is a big, empty swatch of ocean. There aren't any laws there because it is so incredible. It's such an incredibly remote place that it is beyond the legal jurisdiction of any country. I would like to make a suggestion to people because in preparation for this episode, I was like, what are we actually talking about here? I opened Apple Maps. Mm-hmm. I recommend people do this. Just go to North America, right? Zoom out. You know, so zoom out so you're looking at the globe. Go to North America. Keep scrolling left. Just take a look at how much ocean there is before you hit Australia. <laughs> There's a lot out there, right? Like Everything's kind of squeezed together in the way we usually think about maps, I think, in some of this part of the world. Uh, and then you kind of you go around to the other side. That Pacific Ocean... There's a lot of nothing. It's huge. It's massive. So while no countries have direct jurisdiction, there are a couple of treaties that affect the area. Uh, The first and and the most practical to what we're talking about today is the Outer Space Treaty, Hmm. which partially addresses damage caused by crashing spacecraft. We'll get more to that in a minute. Uh, There's also the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Again, fantastic so name. Good. Why is everything to do with this so fantastically named? <laughs> I know. The law of the sea. Uh-huh. So this reflects and kind of manages general marine pollution. It can be used to address things like chemical sp- spills, 
caused by spacecraft smashing into the ocean. Which also, that sounds interesting. If you've not been following along with what we're talking about so far, what spacecraft? Is this where the aliens land? You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm getting ahead of us a little bit. So why don't we take a break and we can talk about why this stretch of water is the perfect place to catch falling satellites and space stations. This episode of Ungenius is brought to you by Squarespace. Say that you want to build a website about a remote part of the Pacific Ocean. Think about the things you may need. Uh, you may want a blog to keep people up to date. Maybe you want to host a podcast about it. You definitely want photo galleries. Maybe you're going to sell some Pacific Ocean merch, you know, some pole event accessibility t-shirts. Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that give you the tools to do all of that stuff, combining cutting-edge design and world-class engineering. You start with a professionally designed template and then you use drag and drop tools to make it your own, customizing the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale. Everything is just a few clicks away. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have excellent customer support if you have any questions or need any help. Plus, they have all the tools you need for uh, getting a domain name, managing your SEO, and even handling your email marketing. Uh, anytime I build a website, Squarespace is always the first place I look because their tools really are that great. It's really easy to get something up and running, and it's going to look amazing. Head on over to squarespace.com ungenius for a free trial. There's no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code UNGENIUS at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name. That's squarespace.com slash UNGENIUS. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code UNGENIUS to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting UNGENIUS and all of Relay FM. So we have this giant empty patch of the Pacific Ocean. I assume that it being giant and empty, quote-unquote, is the reason it's completely empty. There's stuff in there. There's no land. Uh, is the, I guess this is the reason why it's a great place to store some spacecraft. Yeah, exactly. So small satellites and orbital debris usually burn up in the atmosphere as they re-enter, but larger satellites and other heavy objects will often survive re-entry, at least partially, and you don't want those things landing on houses or schools or podcast studios or highways. That would be particularly very bad. It would be, especially the podcast studio one. That's the one I'm really thinking about. That's, that was what I was referring to more than anything else. The spacecraft cemetery is home to between 250 and 300 spacecraft from numerous countries. Almost 200 of them are from past Russian missions. They are really fond of uh, ditching things here. Uh, that includes several former space stations. That's right. The six small Salyut stations and the larger station Mir all found their end near Point Nemo. Skylab, America's first space station, is also at the bottom of the Pacific in this area. To end up in the spacecraft cemetery, space agencies have to have some control over their hardware as it re-enters, and that's not always possible. The first Chinese space station, named Tiang-1, missed the area after crews on the ground were unable to control the station after it experienced an unexpected power loss. So it's, it's coming down, and it's in charge of where it comes down. Oof. But it did miss Point Nemo by some 1,900 miles, being spotted in the sky above French Polynesia. Ooh, did it hit the ground? It did not, mercifully. Okay. But it got way closer than it should have to those islands. 
We mentioned earlier that there's a treaty governing the environmental impact of all of this. Hydrazine, a widely used rocket propellant, is highly toxic to living things and has been known to survive re-entry. However, it is often impossible to know just how much of this substance actually makes it into the ocean. The UN Treaty states that all countries have a duty to protect the marine environment from pollution, even if that environment is outside the jurisdiction of any one given country. Uh, but from what I've read, this is tricky to manage because, like you said, you, they don't really know what ends up out here. And by the time some evidence may show up, it can be really hard to link it to one particular mission or another. So there's a lot of stuff in orbit, and a fair bit of it is going to end up in this patch of ocean. Point Nemo will be the eventual watery grave of the International Space Station, which is currently scheduled for deorbit in January of 2031, and the Hubble Space Telescope is going to end up there too. The International Space Station is really interesting. It's by far the largest thing ever to orbit the Earth. It spans the size of an American football field. I think it's massive. Uh, NASA, of course, is already working on plans to make sure that that thing ends up where it's supposed to. That has to be a controlled reentry. And that's going to be in the middle of nowhere in the ocean. Pole of inaccessibility. Our thanks to Leo for sending this topic in. If you have more interest in this, we have some links in the show notes at relay.fm slash ungenius slash 145. While you're there, you can get in touch, send us an email with your own favorite uh, Wikipedia topic, and it may go on the list like Leo's did. You can uh, find us on Twitter. The show is at Ungenius. You can follow Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can follow me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. And Mike, until the next time we belly flop into the ocean from orbit, say goodbye. Geronimo, Stephen. (laughs) Bye, y'all.